when the rain comes, do the puddles smile back at you? What's the point of looking when the banks have burst? In fact, when they've emptied? Do I have time to become this love sponge? Soak it all up? What if I feel like crying? Then cry, cry out for help. There's someone there. There's always someone there. You're there. Hello. This episode looks at the lies to yourself, the lies to your friends, and the lies to those that you love. And how, through following the path to Nirvana, you can stick to changes. I'm Ben. And here's my gambling story. So yeah, dear diary. Dear diary. Dear diary. Dear diary. Hello there. Diary. Entry. Dear diary. I just feel like I need to get a few things out of my head. Today I had a bit of fuck up. Really lucky to be here, actually. Well, I started with 35. Obviously, my gambling urges do come when I'm bored and when I've got no money. It's almost as if I knew I was going to lose it all. It's not subterfuge, but it's definitely up there. I'm really struggling. Everyone knows my previous with regards to the casino. Push Chinese, what's that going to cost me? 150, that's three quid, three quid, that's nearly half my wage already. How can you not learn? How? How can you not learn? You should get things done too. There's no excuse, mate. Are you in a good place then? I never want to be in this situation ever again and I'm not going to be in this situation ever again. Quite interesting to see how the pleasure and the purpose are starting to overlap. So desperate. We'll get through it. Other than that, I'm all groovy. Anyhow, lots of love and I love you very much. Right, nice one. See you in a bit. Do you know what? I'm going to stop talking. Over and out. Ben. The Diary of a Gambling Kid Episode 2 When was the last time that you laughed with some welly? Do you really like the person that you've become? I find myself asking these type of questions over and over The playing around, late nights Naughty festivals have caught up with you now. Things are distant from the past, more so than ever. The jovial bet for pleasure has turned into a battle for the mind. The decision-making damage has been done. The ventral striatum is termed your reward centre deep down in the brain. Neuroscientists found lower levels of brain activity before... Then after, drug, alcohol and gambling addictions. As the gambling curse takes the reins and the stakes keep getting higher and higher. What do you do when self-reliance is level zero? You reach out. Surely, surely you reach out. (laughs) Not this time. Experiences like this make it hard to look in the mirror. God forbid anyone else. Being honest, again, what's that like? At the time this diary entry was recorded, my mum was due to arrive the day after. Can there be anyone more important visiting? I am doing me. I can stand on my own two feet, mum. You can't see me like this because it's the last thing I want you to worry about. 
I was flicking through the TV channels and stumbled across The Secrets of a 40-Year-Old Virgin. Not the comedy, but a TV show. I caught the last 10 minutes. This man, 40-something years of age, was terrified of having sex. Troubled to even take his top off. The sex therapist helps him through his struggles. As the show unravels and reaches its climax, so did the man. So, why did the man share his story? I don't know. I rationalise that there were people in similar situations of his own. Or perhaps he was in it for the money. That the success of the show would give him fame and fortune. Surely not. Or maybe it was just some marketing ploy from his specialist sex therapist who was receiving a great deal of indirect advertising as a result. Sex sales. Hmm. Then I asked myself, why am I watching? Was it because I was curious and intrigued? Or was I just being judgmental? I'd like to think that the man was sharing his deepest and darkest feelings to spread awareness, helping himself in the process. With that possibility of helping others to overcome their sexual situations, no matter how big or small. What a set of bollocks he has indeed. He did it. He reached out. We live in a 2020 world where decision makers around the globe openly disguise their lies. Trump, Putin, Cummings. (laughs) All to maintain power. I know that I did this to retain this image of normality. I had to stop lying to myself. I wouldn't get through this alone. In this reality, you have to initiate the life of honesty. It's hard. It's so hard. That was no reference to the 40-year-old virgin, by the way. At the time of the second diary entry, I was coming up to the climax of... I was coming up to the end of my radio course with deadlines needing to be met. Lost Village Music Festival was on the horizon and spending money was scarce. After realising that I had reached my low point, I still chose to keep betting, keep losing, keep tricking myself. The financial hole created by gambling from the previous week's antics had cornered me in. This diary entry is taken from the 14th of August, 2018. Here is a place where I do not want to be. Confused and desperate. The Diary of a Gambling Kid. Episode 2. Quick update for you. Uh, Day three of doing whatever this fucking thing is. Mum's coming tonight, not finish the jingles off. Spend the day trying to get my uh, gambling got it up to £400 then lost it all so now I'm on £1.15 it's weird as well because I like got myself like a just eat as if like I thought that'd be fine Um, 
when I got the 400 quid. But it's almost as if I knew I was going to lose it all. Whether there's some psychology in that, I don't know. Um, but it's almost like the only thing that was going to stop me was just me failing. Like, me. Like, as if that's the only thing that was going to satisfy me. I don't know. Very weird. It's happened before, um, numerous times, but I thought I was past all that, to be honest. So, yeah, I've eaten an entire box of fucking Hagen Dars. Um, and some. I just see. Football was good, but we fucked it a bit. 2 um, 0, we lost, but put a shift. I've got really, really sore on my legs now. Um, I know I lost some money today but I feel like I needed to lose in the long run I needed to I needed to lose because if I'd won that £400 then I would have just relied on that and would have just kept on doing it knowing full well that it was a fluke um, I think especially now at the time when my dad told me he was proud of me and stuff like that I think now's the time really just to well the, now is the time to grow up and not use betting as some sort of back you know like yeah 400 quid would have been amazing and yeah it would have paid for Lost Village but I think the fact that I'll have to learn how to look after my money more and manage it better it means that I've got no choice and if I've got no choice then well what does that do Ben it leads to gambling no it doesn't because I know that that will just mean that I will have no money and I won't be able to eat which yeah fair enough would actually be quite good to be honest but you, you, you know what I mean I can't live like I can't live like this staying up till half two at night listening to jazz music because I think it's going to make me feel better because somehow I think it's some sort of invisibility cloak calling me into thinking I'm some sort of intellectual when actually then actually I'm no more than any stupid fucking idiot all about the potential going back to what I said three days ago and I was really upset when I lost the football money. And now this. Hmm. Have I learned anything? What? That money? Money now? Just sort of money? Yeah. Number one? Priority? No. What have I learned from this? Is that I need to sort it out. When I say I need to, I think this gives me no choice but to sort it out. And when I mean sort it out, I mean... 
so I'll may. I always find excuses. And I think the fact that I'm going to be shamed because, well, do you know what? I'm just going to stop talking. But I'm excited to see Mum tomorrow. And, God, I'm not telling her, but, you know, we'll get through it. Love you loads. That was me then. And this is me now. How to stick to a change for the better. With peer stresses and strains. I mentioned in episode one that I would look at how to solve an addiction following Buddhist techniques and teachings. This is influenced by my travels around Thailand and Laos earlier this year before, of course, being repatriated back home. I visited temples, pagodas, and some absolutely magnificent parks, where I would find quotes from the Buddha, such as, those with good eye are inclined to fall deep into wells. Without a beginning, there is nothing to worry about at the end. Living without hope is like burying oneself. And finally, There is no glory for a lazy person, no matter how good-looking. Very poignant and relevant, as you may notice from the unbelievable graphic design from Sam Houston. I, well, that's me, he's drawn me. Fascinated by the architecture and these quotes, I was keen to understand the meaning behind Dhamma, which is the Buddhist teachings and its impacts on the addiction recovery process. Buddhists see help given to others as an expression of their religious values, just as any other religions do. But they believe it should be done quietly and without self-promotion. A bit of a background now. Buddhism originates from India and is now 2,500 years old. The word Buddhism comes from the word buddhi, which means to wake up. The process taken from Refuge Recovery by Noah Levine follows the Buddhism system of the Four Noble Truths, which you may or may not already be familiar with. The Four Noble Truths began as actions, and I'm going to read them to you now and how they relate to addiction. So, number one is that we take stock in all the suffering we have experienced and caused as addicts. Number two is that we investigate the causes and conditions that lead to addiction and begin the process of letting them go. Number three is that we come to understand that recovery is possible and take refuge in the path that leads to the end of addiction. And finally, number four is that we engage in the process of the eightfold path that leads to recovery. If you're not too familiar with the Eightfold Path, its alternative name is the Middle Way. This is important because it suggests to us that it is not just enough to follow the eight-step path, but that we have to follow it in a particular way. A way that is not done in excess, but balanced. Like the Romans and Greeks 
moderation in all things. The path is as follows. Understanding, intention, communication, action, livelihood, energy, mindfulness and concentration. And that's it. Now, of course, they're just one words. But in total, in a brief synopsis, the Eightfold Path consists of, I'll repeat, I'll repeat, I'll repeat, understanding, I'll repeat, I'll repeat, intention, I'll repeat, communication, action, livelihood, energy, mindfulness, and concentration. In all things. So this week's perspective looks at focusing on the final step of the Eightfold Path, concentration. Back in 2018, my mind was jumping from excuse to excuse, trying to explain my erratic behaviour. On that day, over two years ago, developing my mind to focus on a single object such as the breath or a phrase. Training the mind through practices of love and kindness, compassion and forgiveness, I could have utilised concentration to abstain from acting unwisely. Because of our mind, and because it will be focused on one object, you become no longer aware of the hindrances of sleepiness that may have been caused, restlessness, craving doubt and aversion. So, if you find yourself with a spare, five minutes. Just five minutes. Set yourself a timer and just focus on your breath. Focus on it. And repeat phrases like this. May I be free from suffering and may I be at ease. May I be free from suffering and may I be at ease. May I be free from suffering and may I be at ease. Repeating these mantra will create new thought patterns and even re-establish neural pathways. Give it a go and let me know how you get on. For more information on the Buddhist path to recovery, check out Noah Levine's book, Refuge Recovery. And if you are curious to learn more about Buddhism, but don't want to spend the money on flights to go to Asia, a great place to start would be the book, Good Question, Good Answer. You'll find it as a PDF document online. One day at a time. Just one day at a time. Addiction is in no rush to get you. If you think you might require professional assistance, check out the links in this episode's description and get in contact. Share your story. I am just me, the Diary of a Gambling Kid podcast at gmail.com. Check me out on Facebook as well. It's just the Diary of a Gambling Kid podcast. In the next episode, we'll be looking at a diary entry where I... Go on a casino trip. Oh yeah, and like and subscribe.
Let's just try and help people through these crazy times. This podcast is dedicated on telling you what compulsive gambling is really like in the modern world with weekly diary entries and reflective perspectives. I'm not a psychology expert, trained therapist or even a class clown. I'm a compulsive gambler. I did not attend counselling sessions and Gamblers Anonymous meetings to learn the recovery programmes. I went to save my life. Reaching my version of rock bottom, started my journey on closing the door on gambling for good. I am blessed to have a solid support network around me, but for many, there is no turning point moment. This podcast says hello to those when others may not. Diary of a Gambling Kid Episode 2